Popcornals, welcome to another episode of Bring Your Own Popcorn. What we lack in education, we make up for with rants, raves, and rambles. Let us preach to your choir or stoke your ire as we force our opinions upon your ears. Listener beware, know your episode title or description for spoilers lurk within. Today, please know that you may be spoiled with uh, This is the End and a movie called Safety Not Guaranteed. And I think that's it. Um, I'm your host, Mixtape Majesty, and I am all alone today. Um, this is just going to be a baby episode, not a full bucket of popcorn. Uh, next time, it's going to be about, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have a guest and interview them about Steel Man. I mean, Hope Man. I mean, Man of Steel Reserve. I mean... They made a new movie about Superman. It's like a reboot. Um, And I'm going to be interviewing someone who is a big Superman fan. Um, And I believe he's also a fan of the movie. I did not have the best feelings about the movie, to put it lightly. Um, But I really wanted to... I don't want to set a precedent that every single episode of Bring Your Own Popcorn, BYOP, is going to be super negative and to set a precedent for descending on every movie like a pack of nerdy wolves. Although that's really fun. And personally, I would listen to such a podcast that chews up bad movies and spits them out. Um, But I know not everyone wants to do that. And I don't want to be too negative, even though it's really easy. Um, So that's partially why I'm doing this episode, talking to myself. I'm going to try to um, talk to myself about positive things um but yeah I wouldn't mind if if it was all destroying (laughs) tearing things apart um a friend told me about a podcast called pop my culture and I was scrolling through the episodes and one of them was uh they had worst of 2012 and best of 2012 before I even saw the best I saw the worst of 2012, and I didn't even know what it was the worst, like, worst movie, worst song, but I got really excited. I was like, oh, I'm going to download that one. I didn't even know what it was going to be, but when people do worst lists, they're usually pretty funny. Um, And I think I ended up downloading the worst and not the best, and I might go back just to try to balance myself, a fair and balanced view of whatever (laughs) that thing is about. Um... And I also always click on the green splotches on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, I look at the ripe tomatoes too, but the green splotches are just more interesting. Um, I think I think it's easier to limit yourself <laughs> when you rustle papers. Uh, it's easier... When you have a positive reaction to something, it's easier to kind of just stop... Um, or say things like, it was good. <laughs> like when you ask someone how a movie was and they say it was good and you have no idea what that means, really. Um, but if you ask, if someone says it was bad, they're more likely to explain it. Like, 
usually when you ask someone if they like something and they say it was bad, they don't just say it was bad. They start listing everything that was bad about it, uh, which is what is going to be happening on this show sometimes. Um, I feel like this year so far has been kind of meh for movies, which is a bummer because I was there's a lot of movies I was looking forward to that didn't turn out that great. Um, but I feel like positive reactions a lot of times have less introspection, uh, but not always. I think it's totally possible to have an, an introspective, thoughtful, educated, positive reaction. Just I haven't seen any movies <laughs> that inspired that so far this year. This year. Um, and I think that's because... Well, I'm talking about this a really long time. I think it's because... Uh, we, when we have a negative reaction to a film, we as people don't want to feel bad. And so we try to find out why we do. So it's a learning experience and it ends up being really fun sometimes to talk about why it's bad. Um, but there is a risk of falling into the habit of it, I think, and losing sight um, and getting too skeptical and pessimistic, I guess. But I think the important thing is to know what you're going into, which leads me to segue seeing the movie. This is the end. Um, I am not particularly a Seth Rogen fan or Evan Goldberg. I have seen Superbad and Pineapple Express. And what's that other popular one they had? There's some other thing. I don't know. I've seen those and um, they made me laugh sometimes, but it's they don't like stick in my head or anything. Um, but they're definitely not, it's not my typical kind of humor or anything that you would see and think of me. <laughs> um, but what I like about those movies or like in Superbad, right away in the first scene, you know, if you need to walk out of this movie or walk away from it or smash the TV, if you're really dramatic and don't care about consequences, because it opens up with the most horrible, disgusting, sexist jokes you can imagine. <laughs> um, so right away, you know what you're getting into. And I did not like the intro for it at all. Um, but it, I was very grateful for it because I did finish the movie. Um, and I was grateful for that intro because it kind of like set it up. And then I sort of knew what I was getting into and was able to enjoy the actually legitimately funny other jokes that there were and to know that like there's going to be a lot of perverse gross stuff too which whatevs um and I know a lot of my friends find that kind of stuff like intolerable I think um for me it's easy to ignore because I just start seeing it as life because people in real life are crass and perverted and you just have to accept it so it's kind of like watching real people when I watch it I know there really are people out there like that but they can still be smart and funny. Um, they just tend to be attracted to the extreme, such as Superbad. And this is the end. Although I am not usually a fan of lowbrow comedy or testosterone-driven comedy, um, this is the end has things to offer even to an ice queen like me. I think uh, people like Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg have a knack for reaching multiple audiences with their jokes. Um, and yes, there's jokes about coming over everything and demon dicks. Um, but I think it's more about the atmosphere 
and especially in this movie you can just tell that everyone doing it was having fun and that's super important i think you can that's one of the things that makes a bad movie look bad and sometimes you can't even put your finger on it but it's because the people in it aren't really invested in it or they're not having fun and that totally comes through and you can tell and this is the end that the actors are having a blast um i know like some of the scenes like i think the milky way scene was completely improvised um so you can just tell that they're having a fun time and that makes you have a fun time um and one thought i had is that i kind of think suspension of belief is even more important in comedies than in fantasy and and sci-fi because in those movies their job is to make you forget uh make you believe the universe and and bring you in whereas in comedy the job is just to make you laugh and that means who cares about plot holes (laughs) uh and sometimes that means that michael Sarah is an ass-grabbing coke fiend which it turned out was better in theory than in practice (laughs) the idea of um nerd queen (laughs) michael Sarah uh being a coke fiend sounds really funny i think it went on too long in the movie um and some people in the theater like cracked up when he died it wasn't really that funny i mean it was pretty cool that he got stabbed through with a light lamppost but the guy next to me was like banging on the seat (laughs) not my friend if it was my friend next to me i i might know his name and not call him the guy and the the premise of the movie is of course very goofy a bunch of young hollywood people all go to james franco's and then the earth opens up to hell naturally brimstone rains from the sky and uh various celebrities as themselves end up trapped fighting over milky way coming all over everything and playing kickball with a disembodied head and then uh emma watson comes in and totally kicks ass and like screams at them and threatens them with a weapon which i thought was badass in summary i enjoyed that film it made me laugh uh, I also watched a movie called Safety Not Guaranteed on Netflix. Um, it came out last summer. It's a little indie movie starring Aubrey Plaza. And the basis is that there's like a time travel ad in a magazine or newspaper or something about this guy saying um, that he... Oh, crap. What's he say? Uh, oh, he says something like, wanted someone to travel back in time with me. You have to bring your own weapons. I've only done this once before. Your safety isn't guaranteed. Um, Which sounded like an awesome premise for a movie. I think that's actually a real ad that... And that's what inspired the movie. And so this this intern and uh, magazine writer go to find this guy. And they find him. And the whole time you're kind of wondering if the guy is really crazy or if he's not crazy. Because you never, like, see if he has a you don't see if he has like a lab or a time machine or something but um Darius the main character played by Aubrey Plaza ends up getting him to slowly open up um and they go through like this training regimen which it's kind of creepy because I mean I was pretty sure the guy was crazy because he's just gives off a really weird vibe and um it could it had the potential to get like very dark. Like you could see it suddenly turning into a horror movie. Like the ones that start out uh, seemingly lighthearted and then go dark are like the really scary ones. Um, 
but he never does go crazy and murder her. Spoiler! There's a couple fun side plots with the other two characters um, that are pretty fun. They're, I thought their characters were very believable, if not entirely lovable. I did like them, but um, more importantly, they seemed like real people with real problems, and, and it was it was just fun. Um, and then meanwhile, with Time Travel Guy and Darius, you're still trying to figure out if it's real or fake and you're wondering how the movie's going to end and then these government agents show up and start pursuing him and you never really find out like is he like an escaped government agent or or what's going on but um you finally find out he really did have a lab in the back and it had all these crazy diagrams um and he gets chased by the the magazine people and the government agents to a fan boat that he's hidden in like the lake in the forest um and then Darius chases after him and is like no I'm sorry like I know I was doing a story on you but I really do like you <laughs> don't worry about it um and then the very end of it like I was I was enjoying it the very end of it I actually cheered I was home alone watching this by myself uh and I actually cheered out loud and clapped and I'm not going to tell you why, because you're going to have to go watch it. It was a very fun little indie film, and I really enjoyed it. So my last attempt at positivity is to talk about what films I'm looking forward to in the rest of 2013. Um, and fingers crossed that part two of 2013 shall be a bit better <laughs> than part one, as far as movies go. Actually, <laughs> as far as everything goes, life and movies. In order of release date, first up... Later this month, July, we have The Wolverine. I was going to say Wolverine, and then I googled it up to see who directed it, and it says The Wolverine, which I think is like releasing a, ba a Batman movie that says The Batman. That doesn't exist, does it? I'll be embarrassed if that exists. Or The Superman. <laughs> Maybe there is one. The Spider-Man. The. Uh, anyway. Um, so I'm excited about that. I don't care that it's probably going to be terrible. Um, Hugh Jackman, Hugh Ackman is pretty awesome. Um, and the movie has a really good poster. And if I know anything about judging books by their covers, it's that you should judge a movie by its poster. And, um, it has a really cool one. And I have one hanging in my hallway that I got for free from the movie theater work perks. And right now I'm looking at one on the internet. That's also pretty awesome. looks like a video game. So hopefully the movie's like a video game. Um, the director of Wolverine also did Girl Interrupted. <laughs> so it's probably going to be pretty good. Um, and then in August, we have Elysium, which I'm definitely excited about that one. I think it's it looks like a, probably a 6 or 7 out of 10 movie, really. But I'm still excited. God, my attempt at positivity is already negative. <laughs> um Elysium looks pretty good. It's uh, got Matt Damon, who has pretty good taste, um, and Jodie Foster, who I freaking love. Contact and Silence of the Lambs are two of my favorite movies ever. She was also in a movie called Nell that came out in 1994, which is a really good movie about this girl who grows up in the woods, um, and she invents her own language because she's like alone except for her, I think her grandma, who had a stroke and so she can't talk and it's it's a really interesting movie um and she was also in a movie called the brave one which i saw by accident which was not a very good movie but having jodie foster as a star in it 
I think made it like 30% better than it would have been otherwise. My point being that if you get a good cast, it can make a huge difference in the quality of your movie. Like you could have a, an okay script that comes to life because you cast exactly the right person or people. And obviously the reverse is true as well. Um, so I'm excited for that movie. And Neil Blomkamp, Blomkamp is directing it. And he did District 9. Um, which is gives me mixed feelings because uh, I found that movie a bit underwhelming because, I mean, it was partially because my friends were like, oh, you're going to love it, aliens and robots in the future. Um, and I wasn't super excited by it. I do love dystopia, so anything about a, like a, a dystopi- dystopic? dystopic world will interest me, which Elysium is as well. That's partially why I'm interested in it. Um, and aliens and robots, and you pretty much have got my heart um it's just district nine got my heart and it just didn't um wasn't able to keep it going district nine lacked defibrillator power (laughs) (laughs) but i feel like the premise of the movie which is um comes off as quite political um it sounds like most of the earth 99 percent if you will of the population uh lives on the earth which is a dystopia and 1% lives on a badass space station off planet and they're all cancer free and sounds like all disease free um and sounds a little bit like some political commentary there and the 99% um lives in the shitty place <laughs> and then they don't have any health care <laughs> and then the 1% does and so of course it looks like, based on the trailer, that the, the plot is like they have to take a sick kid to go get cured because they don't have health care. I'm making up the part about health care, but it's, it seems kind of like that idea, and I'm okay with that. Also, parts of the trailer reminded me of Cloud Atlas, which was probably one of the best movies of the past two years. And I think, sadly, not very many people saw it, probably because they were scared of the, I think, three and a half hour timestamp on it ah, last year it says 2012 german drama wakowski <laughs> does that make it german <laughs> but that movie also totally redeemed the wakowski siblings for me um i was so sad about the matrix two and three but cloud atlas is the definition of the word epic and you should go see it if you haven't i know it's long you can split it into two parts take a bathroom break pop some more popcorn see it i think uh if more people see it especially people in the film industry i think it could change the way that films are going right now because it it has a lot of i think new things to bring to cinema if people will take it um and then in october we have world's end which is a new adventure with simon pegg nick frosk frosk nick frosk and uh edgar reich apparently i can't say tease um and so I'm excited about that. I don't think I have to say much more about that besides the names incorrectly and the fact that it's called World's End, which means apocalypse, which I like, and science fiction. It's all good. Also in October, there's a Sin City prequel coming up called A Dame to Kill For. Um, I have not, I still have not seen the first Sin City um, because I'm biased against um super cgi filters and crap all over your movie i need to see it because everyone tells me it's really good but every time i've seen clips from it i've just been turned off by all that 
And the one time I saw like the longest scene from it, I was sitting in the break room at work at my previous job eating a sandwich and then like someone turned it on. It was like some horrible, gross (laughs) scene and it ruined my sandwich and I've just never gone back, but I need to see it. Um, And then I can watch the prequel, which has Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it. And um, I like that guy. Which leads me to my next thing. He's coming out with a movie called Don John. He wrote and directed it um, and produced it and is acting in it. <laughs> Who knows what else he did to it. Um, and it looks awful. Super bad. <laughs> it looks really bad. And I'm really excited to see it. Um, I think the premise is he's just like some stereotypical New Yorker who happens to be addicted to porn, <laughs> and his girlfriend is Scarlett Johansson, um, who I also really like. Um, so that's going to be terrible, and I can't wait to watch that train crash. In November, we have Ender's Game, um, which I just, when I heard they were making a movie out of it, I went and bought the book and read it, and it's an amazing book, completely ahead of its time. They talk about blogging before blogging existed. They don't call it that, but the main character's like little sister becomes this political super person <laughs> I don't know politic words um but she uh she goes on on what's basically the internet um anonymously and ends up with all these big name world politicians asking her for for advice and sending her letters and stuff because they think that she's legitimate and it's it's super awesome and in the movie that character is going to be played by the little girl from Signs and Little Miss Sunshine she's also in Zombieland So that's a good sign. And uh, the main character, Ender, is going to be played by the kid from Hugo, which was also a decent movie. Um, The kid's definitely a good actor. Um, And then Ben Kingsley is going to be this other badass character in it. Um, The only thing I'm not so sure about is that Colonel Graff, um, who's kind of Ender's, like, overseer, is going to be played by Harrison Ford. Here's the thing. I love that man, as we all do, as America does. But let's be honest... I don't think he's been in anything good since Air Force One. (laughs) That was in 1997. I know, right? Makes you feel old. So I just don't know (laughs) if he (laughs) said yes to the script. I mean, we'll find out. I know, I sound really mean right now. Um, And then the director is a guy named Gavin Hood. And uh, he did X-Men Origins Wolverine. (laughs) So that's the other reason that I'm not really sure how that movie's going to turn out. But I'm still excited. Also, November is another game, The Hunger Games, Catching Fire. I love Jennifer Lawrence, and I loved the first movie, uh, and I read, I bought the whole series. Well, once again, I heard that there was a movie called this, and then I bought the series and read them all. And I love the book series, and I thought the movie did a really good job of reinventing the story as a movie. Because, you know, movies are different than books. They can't be identical. But, um... You can stray too far and you can lose the mood and that's when it sucks. I think the most important thing to do is to stick with the mood of it and then you can be creative from there in order to make a new thing that isn't just the book word for word. And that's exactly what they did. And they they didn't stay entirely true to the book and it didn't bug me because they kept the mood and they chose great actors such as Jennifer Lawrence. So I'm really looking forward to the second one. And then in November we also have Thor Dark World. Unlike most people, I loved the first Thor, so I'm really excited about that one. Um, Although it's probably going to be terrible, I'm still excited. As with many of the things on my list, 
um and i'm probably gonna do like a recap at the end of the year saying this sucked and this sucked and this sucked and nothing will ever be okay again in december we have anchorman 2 or whatever i don't remember what it's called but i'm also excited about that because of steve carell and will ferrell have amazing comedic delivery especially steve carell as brick i love that character they should do a spinoff that's just brick it would be really uh did you just shake your head producer <laughs> my producer just shook his head and i'm not even looking at him but i sensed it <laughs> they totally should because it could be it could be like the dream episode of buffy just like a super weird like maybe brick could be making a documentary about himself and so it would like devolve constantly and you wouldn't know what was going on and then he would come back and say something brick like um, and that's the end of my positive episode. You can tell I started talking faster because I got tired of talking, tired of hearing myself talk, and I think it's really boring. And I hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble. So, um, have a great day. Bring your own popcorn. I'm a popcorn frog. I like popcorn, yo. I'm a cute little colonel. I ain't all that tall. Been loving popcorn since after the alcohol. I'm a popcorn frog. Don't be mad at me because I'm